Hello, everybody. My name is Stephen D. Kelly. This is the Stephen D. Kelly Show. We are TruthCat Radio, www.truthcatradio.com. It's Thursday, 6 p.m. It's January 4th, 2024. Four days into the new year. Yeah, somebody made a comment here just now. Said 2024 is going to be our year number eight. Yeah, that's true. Numerically speaking, 2024 is an eight. So, yeah, we could talk about that a little bit, but that means next year's going to be a nine, and then blah, 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 you know, you know one. <clears throat> anyway, guys, it's going to take us a while to get to 11. Maybe that'll be our year's 11, huh? But, all that aside, okay, well, she's right, though. I just want to say that. Well, in spite of being incredibly bitter about everything, I have to say things are kind of, we do have a little bright spot. We do have some very positive activity in our mission. We have uh, a lot of excellent activity on Twitter. Thank you very much. Of course, Isabel, of course, you had a lot to do with this, and all of you that are with me on Twitter now certainly have a lot to do with this, but I've learned I've learned quite a few things. We're going to talk about that tonight, but we're also going to talk about this whole Epstein business. I'll focus on the details of that a little bit because I know people want to hear about that. Oh, what do you got? What about this list? What about this nonsense? Ah. So I need to cover all that, but at the same time, I need to show you why. The mission is really the only thing that matters. And I also want to share, if I can remember, I'll do my best to do all these things that a little bit of experience. I want to kind of explore this with you guys in in so much as I have experience with the this mafia, this this organization. I I think one of the the biggest things, of course, to understanding what the true significance of this whole Epstein business with is about is isn't just its connection to the Getty, but the overall thing that I've been working so hard to put into a well something that people can relate to. It's almost it's difficult to say Kazarian Mafia because of course the Khazars are going to complain and Twitter will give you trouble. But you you know that's easy to fight, but. That's true. It is the Rothschild Kazarian Mafia, also known as Intertel. Now, <clears throat> again, without any cohesion, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start off by reminding everybody that even though it took me years to understand what I was involved in or what I had gotten involved in when I was dealing with these. NSA people. I didn't even know it was NSA. I thought it was CIA. It was the CIA told me many years ago, many years later, that I was actually working for Oliver North. I had no clue. I knew we were supplying to the Sandinistas or fighting the Sandinistas. We were supplying to the Contras. That should have been a big clue, but that's never got to me. So, of course, it didn't really dawn on me that I was working for the international mafia, even though it was Don Nixon that had recruited my brother and got us all involved in this stuff. 
And he, of course, was the number two man to Robert Vesco, who died in a Cuban jail after being arrested upon during a meeting with Don Nixon shortly after having an incident with my brother. So, of course, all these things are related. But again, being relatively young and naive, I mean, hell, I didn't even see through Trump for years, but being relatively young and naive, I, I didn't I didn't add it all up. Didn't have a clue that all this NSA, all this CIA, all this stuff, everything, the world government, the government, whatever government, was all part of this big mafia. Anyway... My research into Trump, of course, helped put it all together because I could trace all the Russian mafias. Basically, when you you do research on different criminal organizations and different criminals, it's kind of like researching history from the perspective of each country or various religions from the perspective of each religion. It's kind of the same thing. But either way, it's pretty complex. But in the end, it's all pretty obvious who's involved. Fortunately, of course, exposing the Getty is our weapon. And I've been doing it pretty pretty well. Now, let's see. Where do I want to go first? All right. I'll go ahead and start talking about Epstein. Okay. Now, here's the thing about this uh, criminal enterprise. Nobody talks about Robert Vesco, but when Robert Vesco died, whatever it was, year, we don't know who took over. But what we do know is that Donald Trump took over his position as the CEO of Resorts International, which, of course, was a CIA, NSA, mafia front company. So... That's the only clue I have. But the fact that he had guys like Robert Barr or whatever his name is and others, hardcore CIA, NSA types, it was pretty obvious what's really going on. But this business with Epstein, you have to remember that Epstein was a bank. The perversion and stuff, this was a this was an extortion racket, but mostly Epstein was a bank. Everybody ignores this fact. He had clients that had billions of dollars. You had to have a billion dollars just to be his client if he would accept you, and you had to give him power of attorney over you and your money for life. So he controlled you. Once you gave him the money, he controlled you. Now, the people that invested with Epstein, of course, were billionaires. And very often, these people were investing money that was stolen, that was skimmed, that was embezzled, that was, well, created by doing illegal activity. These could be leaders of countries, leaders of corporations, minister of this, minister of that. But they can't take that money and just put it into the bank and they can't spend it. They have to put it somewhere where it's going to work and this is what they do. Now, obviously, 
Donald Trump had a relationship with Epstein. You could you could say that it was a pedophile, mutual pedophile relationship, and it was. But beyond that, it was more. It was a economic relationship. Donald Trump was involved in mafia activity, and he banked with these with Epstein. He did hide money. Donald Trump was probably not just someone that banked with Epstein. He was probably outranked Epstein. If Donald Trump took over the position of CEO of Resorts International that was previously held by the number one guy in the mafia, it's, it stands to reason that he has some serious, serious rank. And of course, Barr, we know Barr has serious rank because when when Vesco, well, there was that famous meeting where Barr was there, Bush Sr. was there, Chip Tatum was there, of course, Chip Tatum was a CIA hitman, and uh, Oliver North was there, and they were plotting what needed to happen because $100 million in cocaine money had been stolen between three individuals, Bill Clinton, uh, Manuel Noriega, and Barry Seal. So between the three of those individuals, they managed to skim $100 million worth of product and cash from the operation. This is the worldwide operation, of course, which these people are high-ranking in. This is all below people like Carlos Slim or Robert Vesco. But anyway, so what did they do? They made a decision right there. And of course, this was reported by Chip Tatum, who was a hitman. And he said that the decision was that Barry Seal would be killed, which he was. Manuel Noriega would be overthrown and imprisoned, which he was. And Bill Clinton would be made president, which he was. So, of course, Clinton's uh, real involvement with this cocaine business was when he was governor. But that's, that's a whole other slew of activity. All right, well, anyway, back to uh, this island. Now, a lot of people are talking right now about these silly lists that came out. Now, this list, of course, is really nothing more than flight logs, names that were compiled by flight in flight logs of who actually took a plane. Now, as near as I can tell, to get to Epstein Island, Lolita Island, whatever you want to call it, the actual name for it is uh, Little St. John. Where's St. John? Anyway, the point is, is that to get there, to fly a plane, to supposedly get on this plane, the supposed Lolita Express that these people were 
had their names written on. We're not even going to talk about why they went there, but let's just talk about the logistics a little bit here. First of all, we're talking about the Virgin Islands, American Virgin Islands at this point. And this is several islands, of which Epstein Island technically is one of the little small ones. Well, the airport, the only airport they would have flown in on to get to this little St. John or Epstein Island would have been located on St. Thomas. Way on, oh, over here, what is it? The Cyril E. King Airport. That's the only one, the only thing. Why is this important? Well, first of all, because it's not Epstein Island. These names on this list did not fly to Epstein Island. They flew on this plane, but they, they did not land on the island. Okay, so getting to the island, they had to do something else. Take a boat, take a helicopter, take a submarine, a yacht. So the point is, is that, like I said, Epstein Island is relatively small. But it's not that far from the coast of St. Thomas, the big, the bigger island. It's got another island between it and St. Thomas, which is the great St. James Island. But the, uh, the airport, near as what you could call an international airport, it's way on the, well, it's more western side of the island where Epstein Island is way on the eastern side of the island. So it's going to be a little trek. Now, what's interesting about this is that there's another island which I think is, I don't know, one of the third or fourth largest uh, of the Virgin Islands, and it's called Water Island. Now, Water Island is interesting for a couple reasons, and I'm not going to get political, but apparently the Biden's family has a compound there, interestingly enough. And another thing that I found that was even more interesting was this whole Terramar project, which was this thing that Ghislaine Maxwell was doing, which was some sort of being billed as a uh, environmental crusade. They wanted to have, well, they wanted to address issues involving the 45% of the world's oceans or whatever it was that were not under the, well, let's just say they didn't fall within anybody's claimed borders or uh, control, which is very interesting, of course. Now, the other thing is, Zane Maxwell was a licensed helicopter pilot and also a licensed submarine pilot. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that this property, apparently, that they bought, Terramar, of course, which has gone under since she's gone to jail and all that, was actually a former U.S. sub-base. Go, go figure. Now, again, this island, this water island, it's real close to the airport. Real close. You could, you could 
pop over there on a little boat or take a you know helicopter or something it wouldn't take a minute it's uh it's real close anyway point is is that we don't know how many helicopters went back and forth between these islands we don't know how many submarines delivered passengers back and forth between these islands we don't know what it was that these guys were doing you know i could go on and on it turns out that uh, who was it uh i believe it was the one of the rothschilds but they were involved with something that was involving clinton where they had basically developed a system for tracking all all oceanic travel all ships everything all everything moving on the surface of the ocean and they called themselves the NSA of shipping and of course this was this was something that was being utilized by people like the Clinton Foundation etc to get away with human smuggling now again this whole business with this list this flight list to me it's incredibly well i don't want to say satisfying but it's kind of it's kind of delicious to watch these guys squirm these different parties i mean we, you know it's it's so amazing it does it's that people are have these selective memories and these selective uh, focus where they they rejoice and they see that trump is not on this this list and yet trump has a jet helicopter trump had a jet helicopter at mar-a-lago it's not that far from mar-a-lago to little saint john's island it's not that far in a jet helicopter who knows it might be 30 minutes who knows it's actually 12 minutes from water water island to little saint john's at 12 minutes could have been even shorter time but but the bottom line it didn't take them long to transit back and forth and there would have been no record and those this stupid flight log doesn't mean anything now what records do mean something well certainly the records of the customers of the people that invested their money in the enterprise that was passing itself off as a bank that Epstein was running where where those where those assets are today you know it's really no sense in me trying to explain this to you again because I did it really well when I did the Felix Sater series which of course was three and a half hours of content basically laying out every single mobster and the connection from the beginning to where we are now today. It's really uh, it's really important that you do look into this because you have to understand, like for instance, this location here on in the Virgin Islands, St. Thomas, Little St. John, Water Island, these are just a few of many, many islands. You know, it's a, we're not mentioning Dominican, Martinique, St. Lucia, Grenada, Dominican Republic, the Bahamas, all these various little islands. 
there's banks and, and activity all over here. I mean, you know, Vesco was very comfortable in Cuba, but he was all over the place. He was in Honduras. He was in El Salvador. He was he was in, he was all over Central America. Of course, he got kicked out of these various places. But the point is, is that his reach and his control was the entire area. And this is the economic structure, the banking structure of the the enemy today. So we have wonderful, wonderful opportunities here. And again, I want to thank those of you that have been helping me on Twitter, especially because the work is really starting to pay off. The the work that I'm doing, of course, is becoming very, let's just say, problematic for the enemy. The ability to spam people that have hundreds of thousands of followers rapidly and to reap a percentage of those people almost instantly. This is powerful. Mathematically speaking, this is... Uh, this is monumental because it's basically as much effort as we put in, we have tangible results. And there are there is no limitation to where these results are coming from. And I'm sure I'm sure this is scaring the enemy. So we are reaching an exponential point. The other day I actually yesterday I actually had Twitter shut me down and make me do an are you human test. That tells me that somebody was complaining and somebody thought that I was spamming too much. I was using the system too well. But of course, when you get something like that, you have to keep doing it's It's your clue to do it even more. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, that's probably some of the best advice I can give you is that when you uh, run up against opposition, when you think you're under attack, when you think that something horrible happened as the result of something that you did, that's your big clue that you did something right and you touched a nerve. We're definitely touching nerves now. I'm really kind of uh, thankful about it. So I know we don't have too many new listeners here. and Most of you are people who have been with us for a while perhaps and once again I just have to have to thank you for your efforts and at the same time remind you that Twitter really is where it's at right now you should be in our group I'm sure the people that are listening now are probably in our group but but the point is is that what we do in the group and what we do on Twitter are really two different things the group is where we prepare, we plan, we communicate with each other. On Twitter, Twitter is our battlefield. It sure has become our battlefield. I hope you guys will. I hope you guys are listening. What else can I tell you? Let's see. Uh, as far as the Epstein stuff is concerned, though. Ultimately, 
Zagetti, I think, is perfectly positioned to take advantage of the anger. There's a lot of anger being generated about the pedophilia. And it certainly is a great opportunity to remind these people of everything else, the the banking, the money laundering, the extortion. But along with the pedophilia, we also have to remind them of the Satanism, the ritual human sacrifice, and the cannibalism. We need to make it as shocking as possible. But we also need to work hard to, well, harness the anger, harness the shock, and remind people that there's even an even bigger nest of pedophiles and even a place where even more heinous things happen. The people are hungry for this and the people have short attention spans and fortunately there are plenty of large audiences tuned into this right now. Now I wrote two pieces that actually got very large responses. One of the things I learned here was that I could write an essay, something that was well over 260 words or whatever it is for these guys for posting on Twitter. And that I could spam that just the same way as I could spam a meme. And I found that people actually had to stop and read it and it caused more distress, more shock, and at the same time caused more people to follow me, agree with me, join me, share the post, and wake up. So this is very encouraging. But those two posts, the first one was I expanded on my first explanation for what was under the Getty. I tried to rewrite it in such a way to well, let's just say appeal to a much broader audience internationally speaking mostly and I tried to use descriptions of these places without assuming that people knew what I was talking about very important the other piece I wrote was talking about why it's important that people don't only focus on the sex part and how the taboo nature of the sex sex with minors is distracting everybody and how all they want to do is get revenge on the people that violated the minors naturally this is something that we need to harness naturally this is something that we feel is abhorrent disgusting unacceptable to all sane humans on earth and therefore our number one cause that we rally behind because this is the one thing that it doesn't matter who you are if you are pro-human you should be against this activity it supersedes politics but at the same time the crimes of this enemy without weighing sexual crimes against minors one way or the other far exceed this one particular crime genocide and more economic crimes 
So once again, to really make this work, because it seems like it is working, is I need you to continue to tell people to follow me. I need to have you backing me up. I need to have you showing people that peer pressure. You know, here's the thing about the masses, the mob, the people we're trying to convince, is that they will bend to the peer pressure. They do want to see which way the momentum is going. So the more you guys prop me up, the more you guys share my stuff, tell other people to follow me, share those memes, create memes, do all those things, say those things about me that I wouldn't say. Obviously, I have, I can't even share some of the stuff that you guys say about me because it's embarrassing, but whatever it takes, I need you to do it more. We really need to make this thing happen and we need to cash in on the, the momentum that's happening right now. Because really, it's happening. It's pretty exciting to, to see happening, to be honest with you. If you guys haven't joined me on Twitter yet, if you're not on Twitter, please figure it out. It seems like the thing that's going to be going on. You know, I'll tell you just today, this is kind of funny, just now before I came on, I was I got a message on Twitter. You know, they have this messaging thing, and it was from the Twitter group. It was from the Isaac Cappy Twitter group. Now, you all know how I feel about that. I'm not going to go into it. But at the same time, this is the second time I've had a group of significant size. The last one was Dr. Keck asked me to do a uh, one of these uh, telephone things or speeches or whatever is, uh, they have on X live. I don't know. I have to have to look at it. Let's see what they call it. Hosting. Well, they have these event things that they host Live on X. Yeah, okay, live on X. Anyway, so this is the second time, and supposedly now I can actually do it from the PC. So I'm excited to learn about how to do that because obviously I could be doing this daily. But at the same time, the energy and the buzz and the momentum that you guys are supplying this movement right now is driving these people to pay attention Everybody is seeing this stuff. Now, I went from, I don't know, I went up several hundred people just in the last day or so, which is good. But I'm going up pretty pretty fast. I think last week when I was talking to you, I was relatively small. But right now, I'm at 3,798 people. I expect I'll hit 4,000 here within a day or so. I know this doesn't sound like a lot, but in Twitter terms, this kind of growth in the you know couple of weeks or a couple of months whatever it is is noticeable and people start approaching me a little bit differently and the one thing they're doing a lot now is giving me shit i see a lot of little people trying to get attention by uh, attacking me and this is fine this is all good i'm i have no problem whatsoever being very harshly rude to somebody if the the moment uh, calls for it. So, so again, that's all very exciting. It is a little bit of work, and, and I do feel that it's. I probably have better things to do than have my butt plastered to a chair doing this all day, but it's starting to really pay off. So I hope that you guys will join me at least 
as much as you're doing it now a little bit more and convince more people to do the same thing. And uh, who knows? Who knows? One person made a comment today. She said that I am, I thought it was kind of cute, but she said that I was the, the new rightful leader of the MAGA movement, which I thought was kind of funny. I mean, technically, making America great is not a bad thing. Obviously, people associate a lot of negative things with the, with the word MAGA, but it's kind of like there's nothing wrong with a, a rainbow, and yet the enemy has managed to turn it into a symbol of something distasteful. You know, this is something the enemy does. You have to get used to it, but it's kind of like the way the enemy has hijacked our our movement. It's kind of like the way they keep trying to use stupid hashtags and things to distract people from the Getty movement. But you know what? <laughs> We're starting to really kick their ass right now. We're really starting to prevail. I hope you guys, you know, after I, I'm done talking to you tonight, I can only hope that you'll work even harder doing what you've been doing. You know, seriously. I'll just go over the the tricks right now. If you're on Twitter, like right now I'm looking at what's what's trending? Donald Trump, Pedos, Martin Sheen, and Hillary. I can assume Martin Sheen must be on the list here for his name to be up there. Pedos. But I, here you go. Donald Trump, Pedos, Hillary. These are perfect topics for us to be dumping my information. Even if all you're doing is cutting and pasting my words or cutting and or pasting in one of your favorite memes that forces people to think about Gordon Getty, the Getty, tunnels under the Getty, whatever. We need to cram this into people's head daily, hourly, every moment. <laughs> Seriously, guys. You know, it's funny. I wanted to say that right now, you know, because of this new surge, I mean, you know, it's like 3,000, whatever many people in a short period of time. It doesn't seem like much. I mean, we've got at least 5,000 people in the Telegram group, which is not quite as dynamic as what we get in a social media platform such as this. But right now I'm I'm getting a lot of the you're crazy whatever people like when i read i wrote the whole thing about what's really under the getty several people wrote little comments suggesting that that was the most outlandish thing they've ever heard or takes the award for uh most insane whatever <laughs> anyway needless to say quite a few people were calling me crazy but you know i'll tell you something Obviously, I'm numb to this. I've been hearing this for so damn long. I mean, when I was pushing this hard on Facebook during the Obama years and, you know, way back when, I remember people thinking that I had some sort of strange, well, you know, prick, you know, that somehow I was connected to pedophilia because I was so, so adamant about about the issue and so one-sided and so focused about this whole this one particular issue and 
And here we are today. When it's dominating the news cycle, when it's clear that this one particular issue is connected to a much larger issue, which is Satanism, which is basically the ruling system of the world. These are these are wonderful times to be doing the work that we do. So the people that call you crazy, <laughs> it's at this point it really doesn't matter because the enemy is hurting. And I'll tell you, all sides, all sides. Like I said, I believe a lot of the the Trumpers are starting to see the light. I have quite a few people that are getting involved in our mission that are Trump supporters, that are these types of people that are, uh, let's just say, their true priorities are in saving the children. So that being said, that's all I need. <laughs> if your true priority is saving the children, then the politics doesn't matter. So it's a, it's a good time because we, we certainly, well, you know, I'll tell you, last week I was kind of complaining because it was so hard to get through to the different polarities. But this week what I'm seeing is, is that we do have an advantage because we are not associated with either side of these polarities, this political spectrum, the liberals and the conservatives, whatever you want to call it, we have a big advantage over all of them. And it confuses these people because we have something that they all have to agree to. And this is a concept that blows them away. So I hope you guys understand this. I hope you guys are working harder to use this. <laughs> use this to your advantage. What else can I say? Well, I have to be honest that the entire concept of Stephen D. Kelly for president is extremely tenuous right now because of the issue with the Secretary of State, not just for California, but with all the states and having to qualify and get on the ballot in one form or another, which is still something that we'd like to do. But I have to tell you, for the first time today, I actually had a feeling that we could actually generate a groundswell of support. We could generate enough momentum, enough excitement, enough buzz to actually put my name out there to become a serious challenge. I really see this happening because this one issue is poison enough to destroy Biden, is poisonous enough to destroy Trump, everything. It's obviously poison to Israel, it's poison to Mossad, it's poison to the mafia. It's poison to the entire system, our enemy, which is poison to the Getty. It's poison to the crown. So it's open season for us. It's wide open. And the enemy is vulnerable. So even though people might think that whatever it was that you decided to spam, hopefully something with over 10,000 followers, 
whatever it was, if somebody thinks that that your Getty related material or your Stephen D. Kelly content was somehow not relative, you can ask them, isn't it? Isn't it relative? Isn't it relative to everything? Of course it is. Make it relative. Well, guys, I don't feel like cheating you, but again, at the same time, I feel like, let's just say that uh, I feel like I'm doing pretty well, all things considered. And I think that it's your efforts and the success of our mission, especially within the last few days, that's really helping me transit some difficult issues. So I do appreciate that. And it does give me hope. And it certainly shows me that we have a lot more power than we think, even as individuals. And I'll tell you, just with the individuals that are listening tonight and the individuals that are following me daily on Twitter and retweeting my stuff and getting out there and doing the work, you guys appear to be a formidable adversary to our enemy. The impression that you're making out there scares them. They look at me as an icon. Now, I had one, you know, I mean, I've been called an anti-Semite and a few things. I mean, they're pretty easy to shut down these uh, Hasbara types. But one of them, you know, he tries to be subtle because, of course, they don't want to be jumped on by you guys. But he, what did he say? He said he was, he was detecting Hitler vibes from me. Hitler vibes. Now, obviously, I'm not a nazi by any any stretch so other than my anti-satanic attitudes which i which i always use when people use that anti-semitism thing i you know i correct them i think what you mean is anti-satanism don't confuse the two but i have to i have to say that this comparison with hitler Hitler, of course, was charismatic. He was dangerous. He was all these things. Sure, you could say he was psychotic, etc., etc. I'm sure, no doubt. But I have to... Well, I have to take that as a little bit of a compliment because it suggests... It suggests that I have followers, that I have people behind me, that I am a movement, a movement that they feel is a threat a movement that they feel is effective and could be potentially devastating to them. And I think that's a good thing because that's exactly what it is. It's extremely devastating. It will win and it will devastate the enemy. And when I say devastate, I'm talking about killing humans, causing a blood sacrifice, Holocaust, whatever stupid thing. But I got to tell you, the other thing that occurs to me today is that as I see the support swelling up underneath me. And as I see the different direction these people are coming from, I also see how violently angry these people are and how so many of them don't quite have the same level of mercy in their hearts to offer these perpetrators that I do. So 
that's unfortunate. All I can say is that the enemy, the enemy needs to, they need to give up sooner than later. They need to come around. They need to realize that this is only going to turn out one way, and that's with their destruction, and it will be because of me and because of my movement. That's just the way it is. That's written in stone. That's what you see on your crystal balls. That's inevitable. It's destiny. Something that you can't stop. None of us can stop it. I don't have the right to stop it, but I can sure sure see it happening right now. I'd like to say that the momentum that we have going on right now is enough and that this could carry the rest of the way. I think we're getting there. But I think... I think we obviously need a lot more. So I hope you guys will stick with me for the duration. I hope you guys realize that this is a life sentence for me. Seriously. It's not a pleasant thing. <laughs> not by any 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 means. Some guy also asked me today I, on Twitter, he says, you want to know if I was 100% sure, if I was 100% capable of providing whatever, evidence and stand behind this and I said 100% I am 100% I give put my life on the line for this I dedicate my life to this 100% I am that sure I beg for the enemy to sue me to take me to court to try to stop me anything nothing so that's really all I can offer you those of you that are listening live right now, I want to thank you for, for being here, and I'm sure you can listen to the uh, loop that I will play immediately afterwards if you didn't get here in the beginning. Hopefully, you'll that's something you want to hear. Anyway, guys, um, before I go out, I'll just say real quick that, yes, if you do want to help me economically, you have to use the PayPal, and you have to use the button for friend or fam- family. I noticed that the the web page for uh, truthcatradio.com has a nice little button you could push that actually makes sure that you get that that friend and family thing working properly. Kind of cool, I thought. Anyway, but the address, of course, for that is stephenkelly714 at yahoo.com. That's S-T-E-V-E-N-K-E-L-L-E-Y 714 at yahoo.com. Okay? Uh, and also, if you haven't gotten my book, and please, the PDF of the book is definitely a tool that we need to continue to get out there. And I'll tell you, I'm still, I, I'm still honored and uh, humbled sometimes when I get these emails from people or someone saying, "Oh, I just I'm starting to read your book. I just read the first, whatever, so much of it, and I'm so, you know, really looking forward to reading the rest." That kind of a thing. It's, uh, well, let's just say it feels good to know that uh, something that I did is is touching people and continues to touch people and is a strong tool for our mission. So hopefully you guys will take advantage of that. And I'm sure that thing will be around a long time after me because a lot, a lot of people have that PDF so I'm sure you guys can keep sharing it. Oh, look at that. Bill Barr is trending right now. Come on, guys. What, what more do you need? 
Donald Trump, Bill Barr, Rob Reiner, and Soleimani. Um, let me just say something about Soleimani really quick, if you guys don't know. He was the military leader over there in Iran, and he was assassinated about four years ago. Or today, I think, is it the third year? Third year or fourth year anniversary? I think it's the third year. Yeah, it probably is the third year that he was assassinated going on the fourth year. Anyway, this was done by Donald Trump, of course. The Iranians have not forgotten this. Okay? They have not forgotten this. And sooner or later, Iran will strike back, and they will strike at Donald Trump. And they will strike at, uh, what's his face, that other idiot that was in the Donald Trump's, uh, I can't remember, not Bill Barr, but the other guy, the other former CIA guy. They're going to they're gonna get their revenge. I, I can pretty much guarantee you this. So don't think the Iranians have forgot. And I really don't think that the United States has any chance of dealing with Iran right now. We can't even supply weapons to Ukraine. This is not a good situation. But it's a great situation for us because as everything starts to fall apart, we can really push our message. We can really reach out to those people that need to hear what we have to say. So this is it, guys. This is the big time. This is the big show. Make them squeal. Meme them until they cry and make memes about them crying. Rob, keep doing stuff. I need lots and lots of content, okay? You guys, we're really kicking ass right now. I'm learning. You're learning. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. Do it more. Keep learning. And make this shit happen extremely soon. Because, wow, are, are we getting there? It's just like that one meme says. Someday everyone will be saying, Occupy the Getty. For you guys to thank. All right, with that, I'm going to thank you guys for tuning in. Once again, my name is Stephen D. Kelly, and this is the Stephen D. Kelly Show. We are Truth Cat Radio, www.truthcatradio.com. Did I give you my Law 17 gun email yet? I don't think so, but that's my email for the book or any kind of correspondence. That's law17gun at AOL.com, okay? Sorry, I threw that in there at the last second. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being with me. And thank you for so much for propping me up and keeping me going through this difficult uh, mission that we're dealing with here. Okay. I, if I don't act like I appreciate it, if I come off as rude, too rude, just try to understand it's just the nature of the, uh, the battle. Okay. And I do appreciate all your understanding. Okay. Most of all, I appreciate your support. I'll see you guys next week here. I'll see you guys in the group. I'll see you guys on Twitter. Maybe, who knows, I'll see you all guys in real life real soon, okay? With that, I'm going to say good night, God bless, adios, and goodbye.